you'll keep your standards where they are. Uh, don't try to yeah. lower yourself to just get a deal for the sake of getting a deal. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing great, man. I'm just... uh. Um, those of you who are watching on YouTube or those of you who like hear the background noise, I don't have the best audio today, so you have to forgive me. I'm in the airport right now. And last week I spent uh, the week out of town, so we weren't able to record. I was out of town uh, skiing in the mountains, which was a blast. Uh, absolutely love skiing in the mountains with my family. And then this week where I'm traveling to go tour a couple uh, properties that I own. And actually going to tour, we toured a property that we've got under contract. We're looking to buy. So it's, it's a big lift. So we wanted to really get into it today. We brought in a, um, we brought in a, uh, an inspector who's a, cons- he's a consultant, he's a former inspector, but he's a consultant now. We brought in our general contractor, we brought in our property manager. We brought in um, a couple other key contractors too, to be looking at everything to really get a good understanding because like i said it's a big project it's an older asset we want to make sure we're not stuck with any surprises this isn't even due diligence this is prior to due diligence so we just we're in that phase between um purchase and sale agreement between loi and purchase sale sale agreement um where we're redlining going back and forth with the sellers so just a great opportunity for us to really get in and dig and to make sure it's a property we really want. We're putting hard earnest money down right away. And so we wanted to make sure this is a deal we're truly going to move forward with. So, awesome. yeah. So spending a couple of times here, like I said, at the airport, getting ready to go home. Cool. Yeah. You're, you're making it happen. More and more deals. Got to make it happen. Right. Cause exactly. they're the door. So Excited about that. Got that deal under, uh, like I said, under LOI. Got another deal under LOI. So I'm just excited to be moving forward with, with properties and uh, continue to push forward. So. Cool. Yeah. As I'm analyzing properties, I'm seeing like decent returns, but uh, uh, a lot of the whisper prices for these large multifamily places I'm looking at are just a lot higher than what I'm underwriting at. Uh, and, you know, if I you know, want to offer what the asking prices for a lot of these properties, then the returns are just so low. And so that's right. actually what we're going to talk about today is what sort of returns that you can expect on a large multifamily. Yeah. And, and what you just said is a challenge across the board. I don't think there's many markets right now where you can just go in and expect to get a great return on any property that you see. It's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, it's not like we're finding eight caps or 10 caps or anything like that anymore. So your cash on cash return is definitely going to be lower. You're going to need to do a lift in order to pick it up or you're going to need to do something, right? Maybe it's not going to be a complete renovation uh, like, like what I'm doing on these, on these couple buildings here and putting over 30,000 unit into them. Um, but it, it, you're going to have to per- likely put some renovation dollars into it. And you're, probably going to have to change some management uh, issues that are going on. So, I mean, look, you, you just, you got to be patient. 
like he's, every deal is not going to work. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter what market it is. Every deal is not going to work. So you, you got to be patient. You're going to be looking at a lot of deals. You're going to have to turn over a lot of stones just to find that one deal that works. You have to put the hard work into it. A lot of people think they should be finding deals. They've looked at five and why, why am I not getting any? They get discouraged. Well, did you look at five or did you look at 250? You know, so there's a, there's a big difference between those who are actually doing deals and those who are wanting to do deals. It's, it's how many deals are looking at, how many brokers are talking to, how many offers they're putting in. You just, you have to be continually going after it. And it seems like you know, part of it's finding opportunities where other people miss, like uh, finding renovation yeah. opportunities that uh, maybe other people saw it as a bad deal. But if you think creatively, you can see like, hey, actually, if I did this thing to it, uh, it turned into a decent deal. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I was having a conversation with one of my brokers. We're looking at uh, a deal that's completely off market. It hasn't been listed. It's not even been shot. And they were talking with this seller um, or this this owner uh, and, you know, the numbers kind of don't work, but we, we had a really good in-depth conversation of talking about being just being creative, like what kind of things can we do to try to make this deal work? What are the, some missing elements that maybe we're not seeing? And I don't know if this, is, this property is going to get purchased or not. I, I'm not there yet to say we're, we're close, but we're getting closer, I feel like, to the seller's numbers to be able to hit their expectations and, and there's a chance that we can get it done. And, and it just takes, you know, being creative and looking at things, looking at how some of their operational deficiencies that maybe you just don't see right up front, but we can improve upon uh, looking at creatively being able to work with them as uh, sellers and maybe even partners uh, down the road. So just trying to make it work for everybody, I think is, is really important right now that can help your, return expectations out. It can help you land properties. So realistically, you, know, you go through the numbers, you find a decent deal. What kind of returns can you expect with large multifamily right now? Yeah, good question. And so you can look at it a couple different ways. You can look at it as returns you're going to be able to provide for your investors, or you can look at what your investor return expectations or what your return expectations are. So, so there's two ways to look at it. Uh, so I take investors on all my properties. And when I'm looking at a multifamily, I'm very investor focused. So I want to make sure that my investors are getting the properties returns on their money. So I'm looking at deals that provide my investors a minimum of 14 IRR, really like to see 15 plus IRR. But if it's a clean deal, if it's a really well-located property, uh, we might dip down into that 14 IRR. We want to be able to hit a cash on cash return. Um, you know, sometimes we're okay if it, that cash on cash return isn't very great to start with for our investors. We want to be able to average at least 8% cash on cash return throughout the life of the uh, holding, which is typically a five-year hold. Um, so, so those two things, 8% to our investors, uh, cash on cash average, and a, a minimum of 14 IRR internal rate of return. Basically, can we double our investors' money between five to seven years if the answer is yeah we can double their money in five to seven years for us that speaks to that being a decent enough deal to be able to move forward with you know look if you're buying on your own i guess your expectations can be what whatever they want to be 
right? Uh, it, it, that's your own money. That's your own deal. For me, you know, as I look at deals, I want to see you know, 10% plus cash on cash return. I want to see that 20 plus IRR um, overall. And then I feel like it's a decent deal. Obviously, I want to make sure I'm making money on the property. And look, if I can take my money and put it elsewhere without putting the hard work into it, uh, I'm going to do that, right? I'm not going to do a multifamily deal, put all this hard work into it just to make the same amount of money I could do somewhere else with no work, right? So that's what I got to look at is, okay, yeah, can I make, if I make it 12% and, and 25 IRR, that's pretty attractive. But if I'm, if, if it's my own money and I'm doing all the work and I'm only making 8% cash on cash and 14 IRR, well, why wouldn't I just invest passively with somebody else and somebody else's syndication, right? Cause I, mm -hmm. I could do that without doing the work. So you kind of got to look at the whole picture and decide what's right for you. Hey, real quick. I just want to let you know about the multifamily challenge that we got going on. It's a five day multifamily challenge on how to get an offer in uh, quickly, right? So we're going to teach you in five days, five one hour sessions. We're going to go through the steps and the process to get there. So go to mfichallenge.com, mfichallenge.com. You can sign up. It's free. If you want the VIP, there's a bunch of things that we'll give away too. You got to, you, gotta, you do have to pay for that, but Hey, it's going to be well worth it. Again, you can get in for free. We're going to teach you how to get that offer across the table, get the LOI in uh, all the steps. So Ellis Hammond and I, Ellis was episode 316. Check, check out his episode. And we're going to be doing this next week. So sign up now at mfichallenge.com, mfichallenge.com and get in there. We're, uh, we're doing it next week and it's going to be awesome. So hope to see you there. There's, there's two things I've been mentioning, Matt. There's IRR and there's cash on cash return, right? And so we want to look at both pictures and, and cash on cash simply means, it, you know, it's, it's your, your return on investments. So it's, it's your return on investment, right? So it's, it's the amount of money you put in. So if you put $100,000, you're making 8% on it. So you're making $8,000 a year. Right? We want that cash flow. If we don't have cash flow, there's no point of doing the deal. Eventually, eventual cash flow. We might start out again. We might start out small cash flow to begin with, but we want that cash flow to be growing. Uh, and then I want to be able to force appreciation. So we're looking, we're really driven on our net operating income, which then drives our future sale price. So we want to be able to figure out how can we create more income in order to create more value of that property. So just for instance, today we are walking, our property, we opened up a door and inside that there's, uh, there's 12 storage lockers inside of there. And the, the, the conversation was, should we keep those as storage lockers, renovate those slightly, or should we eliminate that, use it for other purposes? And as we were thinking about it, it's like, well, that could be $15 per unit times 122 units. That generates a large amount of NOI per month, per year, and it, it's straight growth, right? It's straight income. We don't have, we have very minimal expenses in a storage locker. Uh, we have a little bit of cleanup here and there and a little bit of repairs, very minor though. So we're looking at that and that, that then in turn, if we create, you know, 100K worth of extra income, that creates a ton more value to our property, which drives the IRR up. 
right? The future value. Yeah, it seems like there's so many bad deals out there. Um, it, it's, it's all a numbers game. Uh, so if you find the deals that actually have the numbers, the returns that you're expecting, then jump on those, make sure it works. But uh, if somebody else wants to pay too much for a bad deal, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to worry about those bad deals myself. Yeah, 100%. There's a, ton, there's a ton of bad deals. There's a ton of very, very marginal or thin deals. Yeah, I don't think you want to be stuck with those, at least me personally. And look, everybody's money is different. Everybody's reason for buying is different too. So we have to look at that. What is What are the numbers work for us? What type of floor or what type of money can we get? Um, what's, our, what's our overall plan and strategy for the property and reason for buying it? So if you're a 1031 exchange buyer, you might be willing to pay a little bit more and you go, okay, well, that sucks. I can't compete against that. No, you can't. Um, if you've got really cheap equity, you might be able to pay more for properties. So it, it kind of all depends. Every, like I said, everybody's return expectations are different and everybody's money is different. Everybody's reasoning is different. So you can't say it's a bad deal for anybody to buy it. It's a bad deal for you to buy it. So you got to look at what works for you, what works for your money and what works for your investors. Um, and that needs to be your criteria and, and whether you buy or not, just because somebody else can buy it, can pay, or maybe they're just sloppy and they don't care, or maybe their rent growth is out of this world and maybe it works. And that's the other thing. Like a lot of people have, they've been lucky. Rent has increased drastically over the last you know, seven years. And so they've been lucky. They've been caught in this tide, but, how long is that going to continue to go up? That I think is the question. Nobody knows. And so how are you being conservative with your underwriting? I still see people underwriting three to 5% rent growth per year in this market. And again, could it happen? Absolutely. It could happen. Maybe we can have 10 or 12% rent growth, but do we want to count on that? Right. What happens if it doesn't happen? Are your investors going to lose their money? And for me, I care about that. Some people, I don't feel care as much about that. Some people do. So, um, you know, I want to make sure I'm protecting their assets. And I think, I think anybody listening to this probably has the same personality or, or, or similar thoughts as me um, on that as well. So, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, overly eager for either their first deal or their next deal that they're willing yeah. to, uh, to, liberally underwrite and and so that they're setting themselves maybe they'll succeed with the deals but maybe they're setting themselves up for disaster um of course i'm not going to name any names but i i had a person i know fairly well and i was talking to him about a property they ended up getting into and uh and i bid on that property and i bid about 25 percent under what they paid for it and when i was talking about the deal Openly, they admitted to me that they overpaid for the deal. This is what they said. They said, yeah, I know I overpaid for the deal by quite a bit, but I'm really excited to get into the market. And I was willing to overpay just to make sure I got my foot in the door. And now they raised money for that. I'm okay if that's your own money. I think that's fine. If you're willing to overpay a little bit, it's your own money. No big deal. My question to him, and I didn't ask this because really it's none of my business, but my question to, to anybody that's willing to do that is, did you tell your investors that? Did you tell your investors that, hey, look, we're overpaying for this property. It's not worth it. It's not worth what we're paying for. And you're, you're maybe going to lose money on it or you're not going to make nearly as much. But, you know, I just want to get my foot in the door. 
you know, and if you explain that to them and they said, let's, let's still do it, that's fine. But if you didn't explain it to them, I think they're, you're putting your investors and yourselves in a bad position. Yeah. It's like, you're being really shady with your investors in, in that sense. Yep. Yeah. So you want to just be open. So I, back to uh, just return expectations. Um, I, I think that's where the market's at right now. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time hitting much over that. You're going to have a really hard time hitting 20 IRRs. Uh, so you're probably going to be in that, you know, 12 to 18 IRR kind of expectation. If you're being conservative with your underwriting, truly actually conservative. Of course, if you're being aggressive, you can make that look as beautiful as possible, right? So you say we're going to sell for a four and a half cap and it's a market that really sells for a six cap. Well, yeah, of course your IRR is going to look beautiful. Um, and this is to investors, by the way, if you're doing a, a typical split. And then your cash on cash to investors. Uh, you know, I'm seeing most people anywhere between about six and, and 9% uh, for cash on cash to investors. Overall deal would be anywhere between nine and 12% cash on cash return. So. Cool. Um, real quick. I, I probably shouldn't take a ton more time because I am at the airport. So it's, I know it's noisy behind me and just kind of a little bit distracting, but some, some of the places like you want to go, okay, well, what's going on in my market? Cause my market's different. Right. So, so I might be investing in, Cleveland, Ohio, but if you're investing in Phoenix, Arizona, those markets look totally different, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to know and understand what's in my market because I want to get a deal that matches my market. I don't just want to get a deal that's a 13, 12 IRR when I could get a deal that's a 20 IRR, right? So what's a good deal in my market? I got to be looking for that. One of the things that you really want to be, I think, looking at uh, to do that is, is what's been selling in the market. So how do we find that out? It's not like the MLS. You can't just go and look at what the houses have been selling for. You can't go to Zillow, right? So we have to get that information. We can be looking on LoopNet. They provide a little bit of information, but probably the best thing is, is to get subscribed to some of these brokerage websites. And I'm talking the bigger brokerages, Marcus of Millichap, CBRE, Colliers, Cushman Wakefield, ARA Newmark, um, you know, and, and the list goes on, JLL, Capstone. So get subscribed to their newsletters and go under their websites. They all have a little like your research area where they're giving you good information on your particular market, what property sold for, what they sold for per door, what they sold for per cap rate. Um, and you can get an understanding of what's going on. How and then also do some exercises, right? Actually underwrite the deals that are coming to the market. Start to get comfortable with, okay, this is the market expectation. Maybe you go, man, this market's just not for me. I got to move on to the next market. Maybe you go, okay, I can see what's going on. I, uh, I'm not that far off of these deals and I'm going to be patient and a deal's going to come. So. Yeah, you can make money, I think, in any market, but your strategy is going to change. And so based on what you're, uh, focuses you, what your interests are, you might have to switch it to a different market to uh, make the money that you want. Yeah. Right now, my, my favorite strategy is just expense reduction. What are the ways we can, we can reduce our expenses? How, how are we, how are we doing things to truly reduce expenses? I'm not talking maintenance expenses, maintenance expenses. Definitely. We want to reduce, but to an extent, right? Cause if we're not doing our maintenance, that's going to end up catching us in the end. 
I want to do big CapEx improvements so I don't have maintenance items. Uh, I want to really cut down utilities. That's huge. Look, do I have to put in new windows? Can I put in low flow um, you know, fixtures? Can I, can I do LED lighting packages? Um, you know, what, what else can we do to reduce those expenses? Uh, can we give tenants incentives? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that we can do to really lower our expenses. The more we can do, the better. Yep, makes sense. Yeah. So, Matt, anything, anything else that you want to say about you know return expectations or where do we, where do we go to find those out? Uh, you know, I would just say you know, keep your standards where they are. Uh, don't try to yeah. lower yourself to just get a deal for the sake of getting a deal. Yeah. Yeah, deals will come and look, there's, there's other places to put your money if you can't find anything. And, and again, just, just be patient, right? How many deals, how many offers did you actually put in? How many deals did you actually look at? Are you writing offers? I mean, since the start of the year, I don't know exactly how many deals we've looked at as a team. Uh, but man, I, between my underwriter, myself, between, between you, between, you know, look, we're, we're looking at, I bet already we've looked at over a hundred deals total and I've got um, some deal flow coming, but we're always constantly looking. I've put in at least several dozen LOIs already and we haven't purchased property yet. Now I think we're going to be purchasing a couple of properties here pretty soon. Uh, we've got them under LOI, but at the same time, we're putting a lot of work in order to get a couple deals. This is how it is. Well, cool, Matt. That's all, that's all I have. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks, you too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.